Hello, this is Greg Denweiler, and you are listening to The Dividend Mailbox, a podcast about dividend growth. Our goal is to stuff your mailbox full of dividend checks and to make each year's check larger than the last. Today, we are going to talk about why invest in dividend-paying stocks. When I started in the business in 1979, the dividend of the S&P 500 was $5.70, and the Dow was below 1000 It is hard to believe now, but trading on the New York Stock Exchange averaged less than 20 million shares for the entire day. The S&P 500 dividend is now up to $58, and trading on Apple alone will far exceed 20 million shares in just one day. A lot has changed in 40-plus years. However, there are some constants. One constant is the consistent corporate earnings growth over time, and the other is dividend growth. Most investors don't realize that since 1871, half of the market's 8.9% return has come from dividends. Yes, those little dividend checks do add up over time, and they must mean something because 406 of the companies in the S&P 500 pay a dividend. As a side note, there's actually 505 stocks in the S&P 500. As Albert Einstein once stated, Compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it, earns it, and he who doesn't, pays it. We want you to understand and earn it. Just like a lot of investors, when I started in my career, I had no interest in dividends. It was all about growth. For the next several decades, I was always looking for the next great investment. Who would want to own those dividend stocks that were boring and would weigh your portfolio down? The recession of 2009-2010 convinced me that owning something boring was not a bad thing. So in 2010, after surviving the recent recession, I decided to create a defensive portfolio, which I called my top 10 portfolio. A lot of people were talking about the new normal, which was going to be a slow growth economy, and it was far from certain as to whether we might fall back into another recession. My screen was simple. Pick 10 companies in different industries that paid a 3% plus dividend and earned 10% or more on their capital. I thought at least the clients would earn an income if the stock market experienced another setback. The top 10 portfolio was never designed to be a total client portfolio. It was just supposed to add some stability to everyone's account. However, in August of 2010, my sister received a gift of $15,000 and wanted me to invest it for her. Instead of adding it to her account, we created a separate account and invested the $15,000 in my top 10 portfolio. It became my model account since those 10 stocks are the only thing that have ever been in it. The dividend income for the account began at 3.8% and paid $614 for the first full year of 2011. Over the next several years, the portfolio performed well, even to the point that by 2014, the account had doubled to $30,000. The S&P 500 was in full recovery mode also, but this was supposed to be a boring income-producing investment, not one that was keeping up with the market. 
It was a surprise, to say the least. I continued to watch the performance, and by 2017, the account was up to $35,000. One day, I was sitting in my office thinking about my top 10 portfolio and started to wonder how the dividends were doing. I was tracking the account performance, but not the actual dividend income. So I went back and calculated each year's dividend income, and that was when I had what I will call my aha moment. The dividends were steadily growing every year, and for 2016, the income was up to $838. 2017 was on track to be even higher. That is when I realized that I cannot control the market, but if I focus on dividends, I did have more control over them. Income for 2020 has doubled from the original dividend rate. That began my focus on dividend investments. That led me to really begin studying the market history and the impact that dividends have had over the last 150 years. It only strengthened my resolve to focus on dividend growth. The dividends of the S&P 500 have grown by 6% per year since 1950, which is very close to the growth of the economy and corporate earnings growth. GDP growth has been the most stable. Dividends are the next most stable. And then comes earnings, which are much more volatile. However, they are all remarkably close to a 6% compounded rate of return over time. One of the things that I have come to realize about companies that pay dividends is that they tend to be a little more disciplined with their capital because once they pay the dividend, the cash is gone. I also believe that companies are also reluctant to cut their dividend, so they tend to build a margin of safety to avoid a dividend cut. I feel it is also important to focus on dividend growers as opposed to just companies that have a high dividend but I will cover this in more detail in a later podcast. Finally, a little lesson on the power of compounding, which is what really makes this strategy work. If you grow your dividends by 6% a year, in 5 years, they will have grown by 34%. In 10 years, by 79%. In 15 years, 140%. And in 20 years, your income will have grown by 220%. Why is compounding the eighth wonder of the world? Notice the first five-year period growth was 34%. However, the last five-year period growth has increased to 80%. This is just interest earning interest on interest. This is not the only way to invest, but I personally like to see dividends hitting my account every month. A few decades ago, they would have shown up in your mailbox. For me, it helps build confidence in the strategy, and it also seems to really help myself and my clients stay invested. The only way you can grow a dividend is to be a long-term investor. I look forward to telling the dividend story in more detail over the next several months, and the next podcast will be on the topic of dividend growth as opposed to just owning high-dividend payers. Can we reasonably expect dividends to continue to grow? Thanks for listening to the Dividend Mailbox, and feel free to email me at greg at growmydollar.com. Past experience does not guarantee future results. Every investor should consider whether a strategy is right for them and consider all the risks involved. Dividend stocks are volatile and can lose money.